Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Hello, and welcome to the Bible Questions podcast. You have Brian and Jeff along, and a special guest with us today, Alan Hitchin. Alan is on this podcast quite a bit, and we're always thrilled to have you. So, Jeff, first and foremost, good morning to you. Good morning, and uh, welcome, Alan. Appreciate you coming here. We're uh, Today's topic, it just seems like just yesterday we had a similar one, but it turns out it's about a year ago, so time flies. Yeah, it sure does, and that's why this is so important that we talk about the things we have planned for today, because a year goes by, and, and if we're not careful, too many years go by, we don't make the kind of changes we intend to make, and then here we are standing before the judgment seat of Christ, so... This lesson's kind of designed to help make sure that we take advantage of our opportunities to do that. Yeah, and so Alan, at least as it relates to your evangelism efforts for the last many years, you you could probably tell us how many, but you've had this tradition where you like to have a sermon at the end of the year where you ask us to look back from a spiritual perspective and say, how did the year go? Did I grow? How did I do? And then at the beginning of the next year, look forward. Hey, what am I going to do next year? And so for the last couple of years, we've kind of taken on that tradition, if you will. And to Jeff's point, we have started including this here as well to have you come on and and share with us some of your same principles because they're so good. And so let me hand it over to you and uh, maybe you can just frame for us what this is about and why you like to do it. Yeah, this has started. I I started this. It's been 31 years now. And the reason I started it is because I have noticed in my own personal life that so many times time just passes by and you're not even aware of it. And then you get hit with a what I call a near-death experience where something could have happened that might have caused you to die or a close friend dies or someone dies in your family. And suddenly you're really thinking, you're introspective, you're thinking very carefully about your life and your own situation. Am I ready for these things? And I thought, well, this is too haphazard. We need to have a system whereby we're doing this all the time. And what I finally hit on was that on our birthdays and on our at the end of each year is a good time for us to reflect on these things. And since I can't do it on everyone's birthday, that's kind of your, on your end. I thought, okay, at the end of each year, I'm going to read some, some critical passages and then give us all a chance to reflect on it. And I've tried to change it up. I don't want to preach the same lesson every year. So there's so many verses to deal with. And so even though we had a podcast uh, on this subject, I think that today's will be very different from the one we did last time. Jeff, would you please read for us uh, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12? Because this is really the key that caused this uh, series of lessons to begin. Okay. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast in this verse, uh, particularly verse 12, where it talks about, you know, casting off and putting on. 
you know, almost almost like a set of clothing. You know, get rid of you know one set and put on another set. Uh, you know, get rid of the uh, you know evil stuff you've been doing or deeds of darkness, and, and put on things associated with light. Interesting contrast there, Alan. Yeah, it really is. But when do we do this? Is is the concern that I have. I mean, clearly, we God wants us to be thinking about these things, and so I just force everyone by asking the question, do we know the time? And what does that word actually mean, knowing the time? And then you see the contrast. He says, it's high time to wake up out of sleep. And now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And so often asked the question, how long have you been a Christian? And are you awake? And maybe more importantly, uh, do you know the time? Have we reflected on these things? And so this is a, a great period of time at the end of the year to ask these questions and to come up with the proper answer. Now, there's a psalm that I often want to add into here because it, it expands out what uh, Paul says here in Romans. And Brian, you want to read Psalms 39, verses uh, 4 to 6? Sure, yeah, this is a wonderful psalm where he says, Lord, Make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as hand breaths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best is but vapor. Surely, every man walks about like a shadow. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what Solomon said, right? As far as life being a vapor, how when you think about water, and vapor and how it quickly dissipates. Right. Well, our life can quickly go <laughs> much quicker than we think sometimes, right? Yeah, and and a lot of us don't really recognize how important this concept is because there's a passage in Ecclesiastes that God where it says that God has put eternity in our hearts. And we often talk about how uh people that are in their late teens feel like they're uh indestructible. Death is not even a part of their conception. And, of course, it takes many years to grasp that, to, to begin to, to look at it and to realize, I am only here temporarily. And I need to realize that I'm frail and that at my best state, I'm just a vapor and I'm walking about like a shadow and realizing that, again, if, if, if someone dies, we, we, we realize that. I mean, it's just a shock. I remember the first time a good friend of mine died. It was in a terrible accident, but it was just such a shock because it wasn't even something that, that we were even thinking about, and we just don't have any control. And so if we're going to know our end, if we're going to measure our days, if our days uh, are really, we understand they're like hand breaths, and we are frail, then at least on our birthday, or at least at the end of each year, we really need to be conditioned in our heart to think about these things. And again, that's why I preach this sermon, because even I can forget. So, and, and of course you can forget, and like I say, a year passes, two years pass, and you say, oh yeah, that's, that this is something I'm supposed to be doing. So when he says, make me to know my end and the measure of my days, then that's something that uh, we all need to really give careful consideration to. And that moves us to the passage that if we tie these three passages together, I think that we have a, a basis of 
starting to put together what it is that that we really need to because we have to we have to create these things in our minds no one can do this for us no one's going to know the time no one's going to know our end no one's going to measure our days except us and if you think about it when's the last time we actually did this when's the last time we we sat down knowing the time and knowing our end and measuring our days and so uh, this passage in Psalms, Psalms 90 now, Jeff, if you'd like to uh, read that one for us. Okay, starting with verse uh, 10. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, The uh, at the time of, of David, you know, average lifespan, you know, 70, 80. Modern time, yeah, roughly in the same range, maybe slightly more. But still, there's no guarantee we'll even make it that far. I mean, I mean I'm kind of thinking of, you know, people in their teens, uh, 20s, etc., that may feel invincible. But there is no guarantee even of, you know, 70 or 80. No, you're right. And and that will be something we will pose in, in the next uh, few minutes. Because James tells us to, to realize that, again, our life, we are just a vapor. We just don't have any control over those things. Like I say, terrible accidents happen every day. People have circumstances arise where suddenly their health is become an issue weren't, pre- weren't planning on it weren't preparing for it and yet it occurs so but this is dealing with the best case scenario so let's say that everything goes exactly the way we plan then we need to plan for 70 years 80 years as you say in america because of the uh, technology that we've devised we have extended that lifestyle not excuse me lifespan many people live 80 years 90 years some even into their into their uh, hundreds but what wh- however we want to look at it we are here just for a short period of time and if we're going to have a heart of wisdom then there's certain things we need to do and the primary one is we need to number our days and again this is something that we all need to ask ourselves have i done this have i have i sat down and thought about how much closer my salvation is than when I first believed. So maybe a point of reference would be, okay, first of all, we have uh, 70 to 80 years in our lifespan. So when I'm in my 20s or my 30s or my 40s, I know where I am. I know where I am in the, in the progression. Then at some point, I'm going to add my salvation in when I became a Christian, when I was baptized into Christ, when I, uh, my name was written in heaven. And so now here we are, and we're on this path where it, it's like a race. Uh, and, and as each mile passes, that mat, a period of time is gone. Whether we used it wisely, whether we used it, whether we squandered it, it's, it's finished. But we, if we can learn from it and we can move on to the next stage, then as the Hebrew writer says, we need to lay aside every weight, the sin that so easily besets us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. So I've got 70 miles or 80 miles. I want to look at this figuratively. And during that period of time, there are certain things that I need to get accomplished. And 
during those those that that period of time it's good for me to recognize okay here's the goals i've set here's here's what i was hoping to accomplish this is where i wanted to be but now i have this many years left all right so i became a christian at 19 and i'll be 70 coming up this year so i'm looking at my life and saying you know uh, i'm running out of time and so at that point you say okay now what what goals can i set and how can i how can i make best use of the time that is left because if we are numbering our days if we know the time if we know our end if we've measured our days so these are all commands uh, these are all wise counsel for every christian every servant of god to recognize that these things are coming yeah, and you know, it's interesting, Alan, it's easy for us to get into what we might call a false sense of security, because I was thinking about Second Peter 3, you know, where the scoffers came along and say, you know, everything continues as it has been. And so we can all kind of get lulled into that, because day after day after day, year after year, it's like, hey, you know, we've got a lot of years left, but to your point, could have a sudden death, the Lord could return, right? We don't know when the judgment day is going to be, anyhow. So it's easy for us to become complacent if we're not careful and not actively think about these things. And then it comes up on us and we're not prepared. Yeah. And and that brings us to the next passage, which is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. So why don't you read that passage, Brian? And then I think you can maybe even elaborate a little more on what you were just saying. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Yeah, so certainly as we live our life, we want to be prepared for that day of judgment. And in a scenario where we live 70 or 80 plus years, hey, you know, we have time. But once again, Jesus talked about how the day of judgment will come as a thief in the night. And we certainly have parables that talk about being prepared or unprepared as the case may be, and not being ready. And so I kind of liken it to, you know, if we're living as God wants us to live, we're, to your point, consciously thinking about our days are numbered, and more importantly, I just want to be righteous so that it could come at any time, and I don't fear that, but I feel like, to the best of my ability, I am ready. Right. Um, Jesus talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, this is a this is a final day, and there's no second chances after death. Hebrews chapter nine says it's appointed unto man once to die. After that, the judgment comes. So, as much as we'd like to think that we're prepared, you know, Jesus in the final words of the Sermon on the Mount makes it very clear that the way that leads to life is difficult, and few will find it. And then he goes on to say, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. And so we need to be circumspect. Uh, I look at it often. I don't, you know, not all of our listeners are drivers, but those people who are driving in a car, they're very circumspect. Because when you're traveling along the road at 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, or, you know, uh, 90 or 110 kilometers per hour, what you're what you're realizing is is that any moment from any side something can happen and you need to be prepared. You need to be watching. Uh, 
if there's a car in front of you, you're watching his brake lights or for his brake lights. If there's a car behind you, you're watching. You're just constantly assessing, reassessing, looking at the speedometer, looking at the gas gauge, trying to make sure that everything is the way it ought to be. And, and that pretty well summarizes, I think, how the Lord would like us to live our lives. And, and this is one of the reasons why every year I, I hand out a... Uh, uh, schedule I say you know this is another year and we need to read the Bible through we need to read it because there's something in there that really needs to touch our hearts and if we've missed it before we need to be reading it and thinking about it because we are going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to receive the things done in the body and Jesus tells us he's very very clear on it that don't just assume that everything is right Keep assessing. Your adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion, and one of his greatest tools is deception. And you look at the Apostle Paul, and Paul thought he could she, he should do many things contrary to the name of Jesus Christ. And there was a period in his time of life in his life there where if he had died, he would have been lost, even though he thought he was one of the greatest servants God had had in that generation. So, Jesus gives us some wise advice. Uh, Jeff, you want to read Mark chapter 13, verses 35 through 37? Okay. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Yeah, there's a, a similar passage over in uh, Matthew chapter 24. Let me share it real briefly, starting with verse 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Yeah, the only thing I might add is that, you know, a lot of people today believe in what's called premillennialism and the sign of the times and this fairly, I don't want to say fairly predictable, but a sequence of things that lead you right up to the end so you can get ready for the second coming of the Lord. Well, these passages say that's, that's not true. You need to watch because you never know in the moment in the twinkle of an eye when the Lord's coming back. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And Jesus is just so, he loves us, and he died for us. But he's very clear that this salvation is just not something that we don't have a part in. There's a lot of people today who are believing in this uh, once saved, always saved, and that the grace of God will cover these things. But Paul was pretty clear that the grace of God has appeared teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. And Jesus is just warning us that, especially with the parable of the sower, the cares of the world, the desires for other things, riches can choke the word. We can become unfruitful. And that's why every, at least once a year, hopefully twice or three times a year, we do a real assessment. Here's when I was baptized. Here's where I have gone. These are what Jesus' expectations are. And here's how I'm doing, and this is what I want to be doing, because we don't know when he's going to come. You know, we talk about 70 and 80 years. We don't know if a sudden death is going to occur. We don't know if the Lord's going to come back. And so he wants us watching 
And, and that takes us right back to those words we've already looked at, to know the time and to know our end and to realize the measure of our days and to gain a heart of wisdom by numbering our days and watching, realizing that when we stand before the judgment bar of God or the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be judged by the things we've done in the body. And he wants us to be good stewards. I mean, there's so many parables where he talks about uh, the stewardship and the counting of the cost and the, the putting forth of the effort. And so, as I said, uh, this is why I think that, that periodically we need to sit down and reflect and make sure that we are doing the will of God. Because as Jesus said, if you know, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, but only those who are doing the will of my Father in heaven. And so it's like that roadmap. Jesus says the way that leads to life is difficult and narrow and few find it. So that since the word of God is the roadmap, I'm, I'm always in it, always thinking like God told Joshua. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do. If you're not thinking about it and you're not talking about it, it's really tough to do it. And so these are all assessments that, as God's people, we want to make to become the most useful servant, the most trusting servant, the most obedient servant that, that, that we have the ability uh, to become. So at this point in the, in the lesson, I'd just like to ask all of our listeners whether or not you're thinking along these lines, I kind of like to give you a test. This is something that uh, I don't think it's just something that needs to be aware of. This is something we need to be doing when we're talking about the future. Uh, and, and it's a kind of a key sign as to whether or not we're doing that. So uh, I'd like to have Brian read James chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 13 through 15. Here it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Yeah, so it's easy for us to just assume, hey, we're going to be able to do all these things. Life just continues day after day. And we can lose sight of what's important, right, Alan, when we start thinking that way? Well, it's, it's the typical mindset of worldly people, because that's all they have. This world's all they have, and that's all they focus on. And so their plans are their own, and they're going to measure them out. But the Christian is different. The Christian understands that this is my father's world. This is God's world. And we are here, and we are here to glorify God. But we don't know what tomorrow will bring because what, we don't know what God's plans are. And we don't know what our own body is actually strong enough to, to, to do that. So uh, today or tomorrow, we're going to do this or that. If we still talk like this after all the time we've been a Christian, or at least think like this, maybe I don't know that we need to say this every time we're talking about the future. But at the same time, it needs to be spoken from time to time, and that is if, since we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and we realize our life is just a vapor, and we've measured our days, and we realize that the time is coming when we're not going to be here anymore, so we say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. 
So that's kind of a key thought, and it's one of those things that demonstrates the the mindset of the Christian who has measured his days, who is walking circumspectly, who does realize that his end is very frail. We are frail. We are like a shadow. Our days are like hand breaths. Our at our best state, we're we're but a vapor. So teach us to number our days because it is soon cut off and we fly away. So these are thoughts. These are critical thoughts to the wise man who is prepared for what's coming. And so those people who have this mindset, who are thinking about these things at the end of each year, who are thinking about these things on critical times in their lives, like their birthday or like a period of time reaching toward retirement or starting uh, your children leaving home. And these are all things we all face. And we recognize as we grow and as we, as we uh, look at our hair starting to gray and we start at the wrinkles and we start realizing the day is coming when uh, I'm going to stand before God. And so I want to have this attitude. I want, to, I want God to be in my mind. I want to be thinking God's in control and I'm doing my Father's will. And again, one of the simplest ways for me to be aware that the cares of this world and the desires of other things are not choking the word is when I say, when I'm thinking about the future, if the Lord wills, then we're going to do this or that. Now, Peter takes this from a little different perspective as he talks about how once we've got these mileposts, once we've got these hand breaths, once we've got this understanding that we are measuring our days and that our salvation is closer than we first believed, he takes it from a different direction. So let's look at First uh, Peter 4, verses 2 and 3. Jeff, would you like to read that for us, please? Certainly. That he should no longer live the rest of his life in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Yeah, it's interesting, as you said, Peter shifts to talking about, hey, you've, you spent you know, way too much time already, you know, before you were a Christian, you know, doing these kinds of horrible things. So you know, get active, get busy, you know, switch over to doing not the will of the Gentiles or not your own will or your own lusts, but what God would have us to do. And I would give a hearty amen to that. That's exactly right. The key thought here is that throughout my lifetime, I have opened doors into sin. And with each of those doors, I have let things into my life and I become aware of things that it would have been a whole lot better if I'd never learned or never known. And as we look at these lewdness and lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and we may say, well, I don't know that I find my particular problems here. Well, then identify them. The, one of the first things a Christian needs to do is go to the lusts of the flesh, the works of the flesh. He needs to go to the old man and look at those and put setting your mind on things that are above, not on the things on the earth. So we assess Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through about verse 12, and we look at Ephesians chapter 4, starting in about verse 17 and going through chapter 5, and we look at Galatians chapter 5, and we, we find our issues. What do we need to put off? 
What do we need to put on? What is our old man? In other words, when I look at this, I need to be looking at, okay, we spent enough of our past lifetime doing the will of the Gentiles. Well, what exactly did I do and have I stopped doing it? And what exactly does it mean to stop living or to not to live the rest of your time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God? And so this brings us back to that verse we talked about, not everyone who calls me Lord, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So at some point, I have to do this. Now, if I only do it once every 10 years, that's not going to be very helpful. If I only, if I only do it once every time something happens to me, then that's not going to be very helpful. This, this needs to be a planned and a, a systematic effort to become... Uh, As Paul said, the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So I need to start looking at things. We walk by faith and not by sight. I need to start making sure that I am living as a Christian and I am truly focused. My citizenship is in heaven. I am eagerly waiting for a Savior. Philippians chapter uh, 3 there at the end of the chapter, 20 and 21. So the rest of my time comes back to measuring my days. So I ask myself, well, how much do I have left? And so if I'm in my 20s, I might say, well, I have 50 years. I've got plenty of time. Well, no, that's going to flow by pretty quickly. But make an assessment. Here's what I should be doing. Here's what I should not be doing. How did I do this year? How did I do with the measuring of my days? Where am I on this process? Uh, As Paul said at the end of his life, I have finished the course. There is a race. There's mileposts on that race. And I have, if I don't have certain things done by a certain time, then I can't move on to the next step. As, As Peter points out, add on your part. Add to your faith virtue and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love. How are we doing with that? Are Are we developing these things? But if we never measure our days, if we never sit down and think about how frail we are and how much time we have and how we're using and and how about the rest of our time and are we and how much of our past lifetime? I mean, these are all concepts of godly and wise people. And again, it's not going to happen. I get up in the morning, I go to work. I spend the day working. I come home, I'm tired, I eat, I, I rest, I spend some time with my family, I go to bed, and, and maybe I'm praying, and I'm asking God for forgiveness. But this overall global concept of looking at your life and looking at where you are and making plans and then assessing whether you made those plans and how far short you fell, all of these things... Uh, are not going to happen unless we gain this heart of wisdom. And the only way it's going to happen is to get into a good habit. That's why I say, if we, even if we only do this once a year, we're developing this habit. And hopefully each time we do it, maybe the first time you do it, it'll last until the second week of January. Maybe the next time it'll last to the end of January. Maybe after 30 times, 30 years have passed, you're thinking about it all the way into May or maybe all the way through the year. And, and the time comes where you say to yourself, you know, I don't really even need this anymore because I'm doing it every day. And so it's, it's good to do it at the end of each year. The reality is it'd be better to do it every day. But we're just not wired that way. And so we have to make these choices and these decisions about what we're going to do or we're not going to make the proper uh, decision. Yeah, and you bring up a really, really important point because 
when we think about how much Paul focused on this, of course, the Holy Spirit through Paul. You mentioned Galatians 5, and, you know, Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia, the church of Colossae, the church of Philippi, and emphasized this over and over, as you pointed out, right? We need to have, we have things that we need to put off. We have things that we need to put on. And so to your point, and to me, this is the critical distinction that you made, and that is, can we look back, just even if we looked at this last year and said, do I still have challenges maybe with anger? Or do I have challenges with envy? Have I added the spiritual qualities like patience and kindness and love? And if the answer is, well, I'm kind of the same as I was a year ago, you know, we have this saying, so-and-so is just set in his ways. And normally that's a negative connotation that they just won't change. Well, we have to change. We have to mature. And so if we're not growing and we're not putting off some of those things, like you said, where we've opened the doors in the past or we tend to be set in our ways, then we can't look back and think that we're pleasing to God. We have to continue to progress and grow and know if we're doing so. So anyhow, appreciate that good point. Well, and that's what all of us have to do. The the whole purpose of Christ dying on the cross is not simply to forgive us of our sins. It is an opportunity, as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, to be conformed to the image of his son. This was God's plan. When he sent Jesus into the world, it wasn't just to die for our sins. It was to give us an example, to show us what Adam and Eve really were like. And, and to realize that if we were truly living in the image of God, as Jesus told Nathaniel at the end of his life, if you've, seen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if we can be like Jesus, then we're going to become like the Father. And that's why uh, John says at the end of 1 John, he says, uh, if we don't know how to love, we don't know God, because God is love. And so if we, if we can't manifest these characteristics during the rest of the time that we have, then we are going to uh, recognize that we're just not becoming what God wanted us to become. As I say, the blood of Christ is only there to give us the opportunity to keep growing. It's not there so that we can just keep living the way we've always lived, and then at the end, Jesus is going to forgive us of our sins. That's not what God had in mind. When he put Adam and Eve in the garden, it wasn't just to sit. It was to tend the garden. It was to be fruitful and multiply. It was to replenish the earth. It was to take dominion. And now, after Christ died on the cross, I have a soul that is in complete disarray, and I need to take dominion. And taking the time to do that is critical, but if I'm not running the race because I'm not making plans, uh, you know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, uh, chapter 9, those who run in the race all run, but they all recognize only one's going to win, and so they're running in a way to win. Are we running in a way to win? Are we, are we recognizing, okay, I'm at milepost number 60 because I'm 60 years old, or I'm at milepost number 30 because I'm 30 years old, and here's where I am. Where would I like to be in 10 years, and how am I going to get there? And then at the end of each year, we make those assessments, and each individual Christian has to make these decisions as to what he wants to do or she wants to do with their life and how they're going to get where they want to go. And so there are things we need to recognize about this. Um, Brian, I think you're up with Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Here it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, 
a time to be born and a time to die. Okay, so we have to recognize this, that there is a season for every purpose under heaven. And we can't afford to miss those because if we miss them, you know, so many times parents, they let their children grow up and they just think they'll have time to fix some of these character flaws. And then suddenly the kids are leaving home and they didn't become Christians or they didn't do the things. And we look back and we realize I miss that season. You know, every year there's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. And if you don't get the seed in the ground at the proper time, well, our whole life is like that. There's a season for every purpose under heaven. And if I'm going to be a part of that, then at some point in my Christian walk, I have to make that decision. I want to be a part of this. I want to be that person who knows the time, who's measured the days, who has a heart of wisdom, who uh, recognizes the time already spent has been wasted with Gentile living, and now the rest of my time needs to be properly used doing the will of God. And so along those same lines is a passage in Ecclesiastes, which where God says, I'd like you to approach your life with zeal, with diligence, with effort. Jeff, would you like to read Ecclesiastes 9.9? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going certainly you know speaks to timeliness yeah earlier you were talking about paul and despite all the you know wonderful things that you know paul had done still even he had you know this attitude of continuing to push forward i, I was reminded of uh, philippians chapter 3 verses uh, 12 and 13 not that i've already attained or i'm already perfected but i press on that i may lay hold of that for which christ has also laid hold of me brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead. That, that, that continuous pushing forward, striving forward, uh, seeking to improve. Right. And of course, that's the perfect plug for our next podcast, because that's what we want to talk about. This is a lesson on looking back on the fact that we've left, we're leaving behind another year. Are we happy with what we accomplished this year? Is there anything to repent of? Is there anything to then next week, the first week of the year, then we talk about looking forward. What's next? And, and Paul constantly looking to the future. Now he says forgetting what's behind or not, not remembering what the past. But of course, Paul doesn't mean that we haven't taken care of it first. Now, the first thing we do is repent and we assess and we make decisions and then we move on. We don't just stay in that mindset. We move on. And so that brings us to one of the most important passages in this particular lesson that we're talking about. And that's a passage found in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, starting in verse, or just actually we're going to read verse 9. Brian, would you like to read that, please? Yes, here it says, that which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Yeah, life's just one big cycle, right, that repeats itself even though technology may change and, you know, things like that, as it relates to our life, it's cyclical, isn't it? Yeah, those people who have studied history, they know that. They know that there is a time when nations rise, there is a time when that nation is in power, and then there is a time when that nation is in decline, and a time when the nation falls. 
and this has repeated itself throughout the history of the world and we're right in the middle of it and uh, that and, and there's nothing new under the sun so if we want to have that heart of wisdom then we need to recognize that the scriptures are going to give us a guide to how to conduct ourselves and most importantly not only the entire creation but our own lives that which has been is that which will be I've never forgotten there's a historian who quoted that or who made that statement which I like so much those who refuse to learn the lessons of the past are doomed to repeat them and in the world of the Christian that that is one of the most important statements that is made because God makes that exact point. Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Jeff, would you like to read that for us, please? Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, of course, in some ways he's referring back to chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yeah, I, I like, you know, you mentioned uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul and the writer of Hebrews you know, often use this, you know, now a sports analogy, which, you know, we in our modern culture here in the United States can, you know, easily relate to in terms of long distance running, casting aside the, the kinds of, you know, things that would slow you down and the need to run with endurance the, the entire race, whether it's a sprint kind of thing or, or a marathon. Yeah. And that's one of the most critical aspects of this passage. But the one that I want to focus on is that first statement. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Now, the scriptures record the lives of multitudes of people. You know, you go back to Cain and Abel, and what can we learn from Abel about worship? And what can we learn from Cain about what not to do? And then moving on from them to Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then he moves to uh, Joseph and Moses and and again I'm specifically not giving any of the details because I'd like to see if our listeners are saying who are these people or if they're remembering exactly what Hebrews 11 has to say about them. So I would encourage our, our listeners to read Hebrews chapter 11 and then think about how their testimony is affecting our lives because I see 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and Hebrews chapter 12 is a critical aspect of what we need to do with the Old Testament. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 that these things were written, were, were written for us to learn. In other words, this is a, a textbook, this is a school book that we need to learn about these people. And as we learn about them, some of them are going to have some real powerful testimony for us because they're like us. There's people, since that which has been is that which shall be, there's things about Abraham's life that are still just as pertinent today as they ever were. Matter of fact, if you look at uh, Romans chapter 4 and James chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 11, we see the three pertinent things that, that Abraham, all of us, are living in the same set of circumstances that Abraham was. Uh, he had a call and he came out. So did we. We have a call. We heard the gospel and we came out. Uh, he has promises that he had to wait for. We have promises we have to wait for. And then there's sacrifices that have to be made. Well, we have sacrifices that have to be made. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, but Abraham's just one. We have Moses, we have David, we have 
uh, Nehemiah, we have Jeremiah, we have, there's just a great cloud of witnesses knowing these characters, understanding them, and recognize them is a critical part of measuring our own days. And it's a critical part of realizing and gaining a heart of wisdom because that which is, is that which will be. And that which has been done is what will be done. So I can avoid so many foolish mistakes if I'll just let their testimony and their their lifestyle and the end of their life, and maybe more importantly, God's testimony about them. And if we do that, we can gain that heart of wisdom and we can look back on our lives and we can make that assessment as to whether or not we're where we ought to be or whether we're still asleep, whether we're wide awake, whether we're running, whether we've started walking or crawling or standing still. I mean, these are all things that you can't really know unless you have something to compare it to. You know, when somebody says, how long is that piece of wood you have there? And I said, well, I don't know. Let's get a tape measure. We put the tape measure up. We know exactly how long. It is. Well, how long is the, the race and where are you on it? Well, I've got my tape measure. Now I can measure that out. So the, of the two critical passages, this one is the positive one. Then there's another one in the Corinthian letter that is also important. And so we come now to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and there's two passages here. I'm not going to read the whole section, but I'd like uh, Brian to read verse 6 and then verse 11 in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 11, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So this is the other side of that which has been and that which will be, and that is the negative side. We have examples in the Old Testament of people who had such potential. I mean, these are the people who saw the ten plagues. These are the people who went through the Red Sea. These are the people who stood before Mount Sinai and heard God talking. You know, how many times we heard people, well, if I lived in those days and I could have seen all of those things, then I would be a different person. Well, here's some people who did see all those things and experienced all those things, and they didn't change a bit. Whereas you and I, by faith, we can see what they saw. We can see what happened to them. And as, as the Holy Spirit reveals here, there are examples. You know, in the Hebrew uh, chapter 12, it was they are our witnesses. Well, these people are examples. Well, wait a minute, I don't want this kind of an example. Well, that's exactly the point. We shouldn't lust after evil things as they did. We need to spend the rest of our lifetime not doing the will of the Gentiles in lusts and desires and evil things. Uh, so, and then verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition. Well, what happened to them? Well, they all died in the wilderness. They tempted God, they tested God, they kept, they kept putting it off, they kept uh, manifesting a lack of faith until finally God said, in my wrath I am now going to swear, you will never enter my rest. So, as Jesus points out, when the devil says to him, throw yourself off the temple, he says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Don't put God in a position where you're going to make him angry. Don't keep committing the same sins over and over and over again and using, well, I can always have the blood of Christ cleanse me later. Well, that's true, but if you die in the middle of it, 
then then where are you going to be? Well, these these are these people testify too. These are the people who testify how not to do it. And once again, as we look at these people, we see ourselves. We see ourselves as maybe people that murmur, or maybe people that are tempted to commit fornication, or maybe people who are looking at the things of this world. And, oh, we remember the leeks and the onions. We remember how much better we had it in Egypt. Well, don't you remember how miserable you were, how they were treating you so terribly? And Christians sometimes are like this. They remember the good part of the sins. But they don't remember all the terrible things. They don't. They don't see things in the proper perspective. So, these passages again, and and what we're dealing with. I don't want to get too far off a track. But what we're looking at is, I'm looking back on this last year. I'm measuring my days. I'm finding out where I am and where I need to be. But just want to plug in some of the things we need to be looking at. Some of the things that that need to be considered as we think about where am I on this race? Where am I on this measuring of days and had breaths? And, and I've got 70 to 80 years, and where am I? And how am I doing as I look at these examples of bad people, and as I listen to the testimony of good people, where am I? And uh, again, if you don't remember the past, you're condemned to repeat it. God has put a situation here where I don't actually have to do this. I can just look at somebody else who did it, and I can say, I'm never going to do that, instead of having to do it and then say, I'm never going to do that. So with these men, since that which has been is that which shall be, as I'm measuring my days, I can look at all these other people who have lived, I can see where they were and what they did and the outcome, and then I can say to myself, this is where I want to be. I don't want to be with this. I don't want to end up here. And so uh, on your birthday, hopefully every day, but at least at the end of each year, we need to sit down and we need to measure our days and think about these things, or as I mentioned earlier, it's never going to happen. So these are the kind of things that we need to be thinking about. And as you mentioned earlier, certainly we can use, you know, the changing of the year or our birthdays to sort of remind us to trigger that. But as you said, you know, even beyond that, the key point is trying to do that on an ongoing basis, like like developing the habit. Exactly. And that's what we hope to accomplish is that maybe in another three or four years, as we keep doing this podcast year after year, people are finally going to say, you know, this is one I can skip. This is one I've mastered. Of course, I'm never like that. I still like to hear them anyway, even though I feel like I've come a long way. And because... It's easy to forget things, and it's easy to uh, grow just a little bit more, see something, hear one thing in this podcast that we would have we wouldn't have gotten because we reached this level. Now we're able to see vistas that we couldn't see before, and uh, so. Well, and and returning briefly back to that analogy we had earlier with sports, you know, if if you've done any sort of you know athletic activity, you realize it's something you have to be persistent with. You know, if you're on some sort of a training regime and you decide to take, you know, a month off or a week off or sometimes you know, even a couple of days off, you, know, you can slide back. And that's that's not good. Nope, you're right. And that's that's what we have to fear is ourselves. We have to fear God. You know, we're told in Romans chapter eight there at the end of the chapter that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that all things work together for good. And that 
Neither life nor death nor things present nor things to come or any other created thing can do this, but we can do it. We can still walk out. And no man can snatch us out of his hand, but by our own folly, we can we can walk out and look back and, and just be so sorry. And the time to think about these things is now, not then. It's too late to think about these things after the judgment. In other words, after we've died. But now we have wonderful opportunities. And we need to really take the time to, to think about these things. All right, a couple of uh, final verses that we want to look at just to just again, to change our perspective a little bit. So, Jeff, would you like to uh, read verses, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, to uh, put this in perspective? Sure. So Paul, you know, talking to Timothy, now, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we have brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, which certainly... You know, kind of runs contrary to a modern, you know, materialistic thinking of uh, going, to, you know, going to work and uh, salary and my career and gain all this, you know, physical stuff, which in the end, basically, this passage says is meaningless. So we need to put our put our emphasis elsewhere. Yeah. Well, but if we're not forcing ourselves to think otherwise, everybody else around us is thinking about this. You know, an evil companionship corrupts good morals. And this year after this, I'm going to buy this TV and then I'm going to buy this car. Or I'm going to get involved with this activity or we're going to get a new house or we're going to remodel the house. And suddenly a week goes by, a month goes by, a year goes by. And all we're focusing on is the things that we can't bring into or take anything out of. And that is a tragedy because, you know, there's there's just things that, we have to focus on. We're Christians. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. We need to recognize the measuring of our days. When we die, all of these things are going to be forever left behind. And the only things that are going to matter are the things, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And so godliness with contentment, that's where the great gain is. And that's where the value is. And this is what Job recognized. This is why God knew Job would never curse God, no matter what was taken from him. He could confidently tell the devil, you can't get this servant to do what you think you can. He will not do this. And so everything is taken from Job, all his possessions, his family, everything that he'd built up to this point. And here in Job chapter 1, verse 21, he's got it down. Uh, go ahead, uh, Brian, if you'd like to read that for us. Here it says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. Yeah, wonderful perspective from Job, as you mentioned, Alan. This comes immediately after losing children, losing animals, losing many possessions. In fact, we see later even his own wife wanted him to curse God and die, but he had perspective to say, it doesn't matter. Possessions don't matter. I will go to my tomb naked, just like I came into this world. Exactly. And that's a question I'd like to pose to our listeners. Here we are at the end of the year, and here we've spent another year of our life. We've run another section of our life. And what did we focus on this last year? 
Were we too focused on the things that you can't carry out? Were we too focused on the things that Satan could use? You know, there's a lot of Christians that Satan could use. If you take away everything he has, he will curse you to your face. And would you be one of them? You know, that's a question I have to ask myself. Uh, have I gotten this perspective that the things that are seen are only temporary and they are not what, how did Jesus put it, a man's life does not consist of what he possesses. Your possessions are the the tiniest part. It's that eternal soul that you have and preparations of that eternal soul to go beyond this life. That's what matters. And without that, we are foolish. We are squandering days Time's flying by. We're not making the proper decisions. We're not doing the things that we should be doing or that we resolve to do or maybe even that we promised God we would do after we became a Christian. And here we are, uh, so many years later, so many mileposts gone by, and where are we at? And so these are critical, critical things for us to think about. And as I say, you know, you might you might be thinking throughout the entire podcast, well, it's kind of arbitrary to pick the end of the year. Why don't you pick this or that? Well, you have to pick something. And if you have a better time to do it, more power. But I feel, that, and this has always been helpful, and all the brethren have really appreciated this series, these two lessons that are preached at the end of each year and the beginning of every, every year. Here's where we are, and here's what we need to be doing. And here's what's gone by, and, and uh, so... As we pointed out earlier, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So, Jeff, would you like to read uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12? And just again, we're talking about perspective. We're talking about uh, how we look at things. Uh, and, of course, you can go back to you know, previous verses to include, the, you know, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, which we were talking about earlier in our podcast in which the heavens and the earth, you know, basically would be burned up. Then beginning with verse 11, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. So like you said, all, all the material things that we've, you know, strived for our house, our car, our 401k, whatever. In essence, ultimately, poof, it's all gone, all dissolved, all all burned up. And again, this graphically illustrates Paul's point in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, that our outer man is decaying, but our inner man is being renewed day by day, while we look not at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are only temporary. We look at the things that are not seen, for the things that are not seen are eternal. And so this is Peter's point. Everything we can see in this material creation is destined to be dissolved. It's destined to be returned back to its original state. I mean, we read in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as the Hebrew writer points out, the things that are made are made of things that are not seen. Well, when those things that are not seen come back into existence and God has dissolved this entire material creation and our whole life is gone and our whole way of life is gone and now we're waiting to start our new way of life. What manner of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? Now once again, if we don't think about these things, then this is never going to happen. 
And that's why I say at, the, at least once a year, preferably every day, but at least once a year, we sit down and we think about, right? Have I measured my days? Do I have a heart of wisdom? Do I realize how important uh, some of the things that we read about? The, the passage in Romans, knowing the time. It's time to wake up. Salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And we need to cast off the works of darkness. And then the passage in Psalms where he said, Make me know my end, to know how frail I am, and measure my days. Uh, because at our, our best state, we're just a vapor. And then the words in the next Psalm, where it talks about we finish our years like a sigh. And by reason of strength, we might have 80 years, but still it's going to be cut off. So we need to have a heart of wisdom and number our days. And so as we look at these things, we need to ask ourselves whether or not we have that heart of wisdom. Am I doing these things? And that's, again, what the, this uh, particular lesson has been designed to accomplish. And so as we wind down this podcast, I'd like Brian once again to read the verse that we started with in uh, Romans chapter 13, and we'll look at verses 11 and 12. Here it says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And so the year 2023 is finished. And we are now going to move into a new year. The night is far spent. Our salvation is getting nearer and nearer and nearer. And it's time to wake up and know the time and put on the armor of light. And I hope that this podcast has been helpful to all of our listeners. It's so helpful to me. As I say, I've reached a point now where I think about these things all the time, but that it took 30 years to get here. And I'd just like for all of our listeners to get there too, because it's just, it's such an enlightening, wonderful experience to be able to live your life looking at the things that are not seen and realizing our citizenship is in heaven and being eagerly waiting for that Savior and just recognizing, I just want to be ready. I just want God to see me. I want to be watching. I want to be making these assessments. And I hope that this lesson has given each of us that opportunity to take one more step and get closer and closer to these proper ways of seeing things. Before I make a final comment, Jeff, do you have some resources to point folks back to for the website? Yes, indeed. I would encourage our listeners to go to our website at biblequestions.org. Several different resources are available to you under the topics menu item. Certainly, one of the first things you'll see there under topics is steps to salvation, which we've been kind of talking about, continuing to walk, you know, on a daily basis, you know, looking behind us for things that, you know, we need to improve on as an example. If you want other ideas of things to change, improve on, uh, get rid of if they're evil, etc., C for Christian living, uh, Z for zeal, and especially with respect to today's podcast, L for life, which includes the article, Our Days Are Numbered. Uh, the other thing I might just mention briefly, A for apostasy, if you've been accidentally lulled into a false sense of security. 
The other thing I might mention, under the Lessons menu item, you'll find Christian Living, and underneath that you will find a lesson on self-assessment, which hopefully can also aid you in your self-examination. Brian, back to you. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. And Alan, thank you for this really good lesson on, you know, looking back. And, you know, as you were going through this, one thing that really stuck out to me, one was what you said early on, and that is we could take our birthdays as an opportunity to look back. Or if you think about sitting at somebody's funeral, you're almost forced to look back, right? Because someday you'll see yourself or you can visualize yourself being in that casket. And so, you know, perspective was was a key word that comes to my mind as well, because we always want to be conscious of the fact that someday, maybe if we're on our deathbed, we're fortunate enough to have our family around us, we know that none of the possessions will matter, none of our accomplishments will matter, but whether or not we are prepared to face the Lord in judgment. So certainly appreciate your perspective in this area. Before we wrap things up, you want to give our listeners an idea of what you're going to be talking about as we look forward to the upcoming year in our next podcast? Yeah, there are multitudes of scriptures. I tried to pick only those scriptures that are dealing with the past and looking at the past. And Jeff hit the keynote one in Philippians chapter 3, where Paul talks about forgetting the things that are behind and stretching or reaching forward to those things which are ahead, pressing on for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So that's what our primary focus will be. What kind of goals should we set for next year? And what kind of mindset do we want to start the year with? And so this will be the main focus of uh, the next podcast is going to be those passages that are looking at the future and telling us how we should be focusing on it. Excellent. So we encourage our listeners, please come back to listen to that next part two, if you will, of this podcast series and certainly apply the principles that we've considered today. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website at biblequestions.org, where you can find over a thousand scripture-filled articles on a wide variety of Bible topics, along with about two dozen free Bible study lessons and other Bible study aids. Plus, you can submit a Bible question to us to get a personal response within a couple of days. Check it all out at biblequestions.org.